This is Internet Marketing. by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing, and today I'm joined by Steve Linney, Head of Marketing at The Learning People in Brighton, UK. Sorry, the reason I said Brighton is because I'm in Brighton as well, so I get very excited when I talk to local people. Sorry, Steve, how are you? Yeah, I'm good today, thank you. And it is nice and sunny in Brighton, which for this summer hasn't always been a case, so yeah, all good today. Yeah, yeah, we have our own weather system over here in Brighton, don't we? We have the downs, so it can be sunny in the rest of the place and then rainy here or rainy everywhere else and sunny here. But I think it's sunny all over the southeast at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but obviously, you know, I'm not from Brighton, so I kind of have that kind of good smug factor whenever I kind of speak to my family back in Scotland, and they always say, oh, it's terrible weather. I went, oh, is it? Oh, that's such a shame. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) So um, let's start off, uh, as usual. Tell us a bit about uh, yourself, Steve, and a little bit also um, about the learning people. Well, I'm head of marketing for the learning people, and I've been here for four of the five years that the learning people's been going. And in that time, we've become Europe's fastest growing e-learning provider. And obviously, we're based in Surrey Brighton, so we have quite a nice little kind of laid back kind of attitude to how you do work and how you kind of, um, you know, represent yourself in your kind of career. And it's all about kind of working to live rather than kind of doing that kind of hard grind to make sure you kind of earn some money at the end of the day. Um, And essentially, we kind of specialise in digital marketing certifications with a syllabus that has been verified by industry figureheads such as Facebook, Twitter, Google and PayPal. I was looking at your LinkedIn profile, actually, uh, Stephen. You've done some interesting things, actually. You've even, um, at, uh, yeah, you've directed videos and things, haven't you, in the past? Yeah, yeah. Well, that the snaps kind of my background was um, film and television at Glasgow University, and then media at Sunderland University. But I kind of, um, I kind of along the way, I kind of fell in love with house music as well. So I kind of yeah. ditched that and kind of moved on to being a DJ. But when I kind of left university, we did um, kind of short videos for local community organisations, and um, we actually did the kind of the Northeast first interactive DVD with a group of kids who were based in Biker, um, actually the real Biker Grove, because the big scandal about Biker Grove that is if you're from Newcastle, yeah. it wasn't actually filmed in Biker, it was filmed across the city, but you know, yeah. that's one of those kind of hidden secrets. Um, yeah, so there's kind of a lot of interesting things that were done there, but yeah, I kind of got um, trapped into the repetitive beat of house music instead. So, <laughs> My wife used to love Biker Grove. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I actually I'd went for a job interview when I was at university um, to be a sound operator. Yeah. And part of that would have meant a field trip. I say field trip. Uh, we'd have been shooting in Blackpool for the summer, but stupidly, I just talked about how to get into editing the whole time I was there. So obviously, I didn't get the job, but I did get a nice little view around the the set, which was you know at least that was a that was a bonus. Yeah. Okay. So today today's show we're going to talk about um, why the digital skills gap is. Uh, good for you now let's 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 just break that down the digital skills gap can we define that so in short digital technology is moving at such a pace that our skills aren't really kind of keeping up 
And there's kind of a few kind of doom and gloom, scary facts and predictions that are kind of out there at the moment. Kind of one of the major ones, it's probably from Harvard Business Review, which kind of says that 89% of business leaders don't believe graduates possess the expertise needed when they enter the, the workforce. Yeah. And then when you kind of put that along with a prediction by Computer Weekly, where, you know, it's only two years away, 2017, but they're predicting a shortfall of around 750,000 jobs. So it kind of suggests that there's going to be a lot of people out there in the digital sector. You know, digital is quite a lot. You know, it's a large sector. But, you know, there's going to be people there without skills. And there's jobs that want people to kind of fill them. But the kind of the ability isn't going to be there. So this is interesting because... I'm, I'm trying to work out what this means for digital marketers because I, I sensed that you were more optimistic than those uh, quotes would have suggested. Well, yeah, yeah, essentially the quotes can, you know, I mean, facts are facts, you know, you can't kind of really hide from them. But sometimes, you know, blog um, headlines do like kind of scare you a little bit, but it does mean there's an opportunity for people. The skills gap highlights that we need to be learners for life and to continue to push our knowledge. And keeping on top of your game means that you're rewarded through personal achievement. You know, digital marketing is one of those industries where no two days can be the same. You could be working on, a, you know, a YouTube video one day and like a killer app the next. Yeah. It's definitely one that kind of ticks the boxes of um, a job that you enjoy doing, essentially. And the beauty of kind of continuing to push your knowledge and how much you are respected for what you know means generally you're going to be well paid for what you do as well, you know. So if you know what you're talking about generally the financial rewards as well as the personal rewards are, are worth that kind of extra effort so you're basically saying that if we adopt a sort of learning culture that that's a very good thing to do and that's probably the way the way forward i was just wondering yeah. actually how how does it work at, uh, at learning people what sort of learning culture have you got at learning people well, obviously, kind of the hopefully the clue is in the name a little bit with the learning people, and we'd yeah. be very hypocritical if kind of personal development wasn't at the core of who we are. But you know, thankfully that is, and it was. I remember when I kind of joined with the learning people, it was always it was very encouraging to know there wasn't really kind of any doors closed to me, and that you were actively pushed to kind of move on. Because if I was developing as an individual, the business was going to develop as well. So it was very kind of um, it was the opposite of what of experience in other jobs to be honest so yeah. what I try to do now with my team is to kind of really kind of foster that kind of learning culture and encourage people to continually learn new things you know when they're at work but also in their own um, personal time as well but really kind of find the ways that they want to develop and help kind of guide them into that direction and in the same time that innovation um, this aids an innovation that kind of comes back to us and it's helped solve quite a lot of problems along the way um, you know four years a lot stumbling blocks come up but thankfully we've managed to find a way to get around those stumbling blocks I was wondering, actually, uh, this this whole notion of a, of a learning culture, do you feel that it positively boosts innovation? So by fostering kind of passion and purpose together, you boost an individual's career and then you boost your own business. So it's a win-win. And in essence, what I mean by that is if a person feels trusted, they feel empowered and they feel like they've got a place that they want to stay and they feel they've got a place that they really kind of want to push their development and they then push your business on and your business develops because you have an individual doing that. And then when you've got an individual working as a team and your team's feeling the same, it's kind of a, a unknown entity of how far you can go with it really. Yes, um, yeah. It's kind of, again, it's that 
I think I mentioned before about kind of closed doors. It's having that kind of open kind of, you know, blue sky treatment to things in, in many ways. And, um, you know, it's kind of goes back actually. There's a, I remember uh, I was at a conference a few months back mm-hmm. where Werner Vogels from uh, Amazon.com was talking about how when, when they're in a the meeting, no one is allowed to say no. And in essence, if you do say no to an idea, you have to go and prove why that idea is a bad idea. So what's great about that is it's kind of a a culture of positivity and innovation together. You know, as long as you're being realistic with what you're doing, it just means you kind of open yourself up to a lot more opportunities. I'm interested in examples, actually. Have you got any examples within your business of how that's worked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, kind of the the main one for that is our the evolution of our email marketing. Yeah, and uh, to kind of put it in context, we essentially we we do a lot of emails uh, on a monthly basis. When I started, we probably did nine campaigns. Um, now this month, we're probably doing about a hundred, and it's gone out to about fifteen million people worldwide. So that's a massive amount of change in that time and. The way that we've kind of um, capitalized on that is tried to make our uh, emails the best they can be. So essentially in 2013, we kind of moved to a responsive design. And by responsive, I mean, you know, it's kind of, it's ready for whichever device you're on. If it's a tablet, if it's a mobile, or if it's a desktop, it, it's optimized to look at its best on that device for you. Yeah. And, and when we kind of started going down that path, there, there really wasn't a lot of knowledge around on how to do it. And our developer at the time um, is a guy called Mark Robbins, who's kind of turning into a bit of a god in the email marketing world at the moment. Yeah. But he kind of learned things the hard way through a kind of a lot of hard work, a lot of research, and definitely a kind of a lot of trial and error. So what that kind of meant to the company was we kind of increased conversion rate, you know, from one campaign on a monthly basis to the next one, it increased over, well, not overnight, but over a month by 189%. And the number of people come to the, the website using a mobile or tablet device increased by 60%. Yeah. And now, you know, today we have over 50% of the people coming to our website via mobile. And that has definitely started from those little um, steps we made in 2013. And it's really kind of really pushed us across. So the, the kind of the results that we saw from that was 189% increase in conversion rate and 60% increase in mobile visitors. Wow. So what that really meant was um, Mark developed a, a fantastic new skill set, which I'm sure he still uses to this day. Mm. And also meant it was something that we as a business can then harness and use it across a brand. And we've even kind of helped out our, our partners. You know, we've kind of given them advice on email um, tactics and techniques and what, what they should and shouldn't do because if it kind of makes our email campaign with them better, then all well and good. And essentially, if we didn't have that learning culture, none of this would be possible. You know, if we were just kind of thinking about this is what we have to do today and this is the way to do it, we, you know, you get stuck in a rut. And yeah. it's totally the antithesis of progression. So building a culture of, of learning and progress and moving forward, things like audiobooks and podcasts, I mean, what are the influences? What do you, are, are they important, would you say? Well, again, it's kind of that part of kind of immersing yourself in the world of marketing. You know, if you kind of want to make something your career, you really do need to kind of get, um, you know, you need to dive in. Um, actually, to be honest, I went for a job interview many, many years ago, and I still remember the advice then where the guy said to me, uh, you know, you're not right for this role. And it's because you don't live and breathe what you're doing. And I was like, God, you know, I, I never really thought about that. You know, I've still had this kind of, I love 
love to be a DJ at the weekend sort of thing, but yeah. I was never really kind of um, becoming a marketer as well, even though uh, through the DJing and club promotion and doing a record label, these kind of uh, marketing skills in there that you don't really realise you're doing, but you know, when, when you want to get a job day to day to pay the mortgage, it's not really as transferable. So essentially, um, I kind of took that on boards and audiobooks and podcasts and, you know, books on the iPad to me are a very important part of, of kind of who I am as a marketer. And I also find it as a, you know, when you're at the gym and I find it very hard to go to the gym and be motivated. But if I'm listening to a podcast, which at the same time kind of helps me kind of improve myself, it makes it a lot easier. And then when I'm walking to work, you know, it's only a 20 minute walk to work so it's quite nice amble along but if you're listening to a podcast or an audiobook and you kind of learn something along the way I tend to turn up to work with a few ideas on what I'm going to do that day as well so it kind yeah. of it, it's a nice little easy um, uh, push into the day essentially it's a very efficient use of time isn't it actually uh, sort of turning your car or turning your walk into a sort of learning session yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as what you can do to kind of make your life easier, really, you know, it's kind of um, time is precious at the end of the day and you don't have enough time to fit everything in. And if you can kind of, you know, I hate to use the term growth hack now because everybody is using it and I think everybody hates it now as well. Yeah. But you're, you're kind of growth hacking your mindset of how you um, learn on a daily basis because it's kind of bite-sized chunks that are kind of manageable rather than intense uh, periods. Now, I know you've got some books, haven't you, that you'd like to recommend that, uh, that oh, presumably you've, you've read them. What, what are these books? <laughs> well, well, some of them I haven't read, actually, but I have definitely listened to them. Yeah, um, ah, audiobooks. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, actually, to, to be honest, what I tend to do in a quite an anal way, I'll listen to the audiobook and then I'll download it onto my iPad so I can highlight create notes. Ah. So, yeah, definitely that's me proving I'm in with the cool crowd and when I'm doing that sort of stuff. But it, it definitely works when I want to do, you know, kind of like team learning uh, sessions that or anything like that. But kind of a few examples. Um, the first one is probably The Happiness Advantage by Sean Aker. And this is more about kind of being positive in yourself and positive at work. And it's again, it's going back to those kind of jobs, you know, um, when you actually hate going there, you kind of get stuck in a rut and you kind of think there's nothing I can do to kind of change this and there's nothing I can do to improve my happiness. Mm. And the happiness advantage, it's got like seven principles that kind of shows you you do have a lot more power in what you think. You know, um, and these simple things that we kind of introduce into, well, I do in my daily life with it, but I've also kind of introduced it into our team as well, where on a Monday morning, we kind of write three examples of something positive that's happened the week before on a post-it note. And then we write three examples of opportunities that we've got for the week ahead, sorry, for the week ahead on a post-it note. And then we kind of stick them up onto the wall and we then kind of talk through what those positives and opportunities are. So the fantastic thing about that is you kind of get, uh, you, you start Monday on a positive zone, you know, you kind of remember all the, the wins that you had the week before, yeah. but you also then kind of plan out your head, plan out the week ahead. And for me as a manager, it's great because I get a bit of an insight into how my team's feeling that day as well and kind of what possibly my challenges are going to be that week. Um, so yeah, definitely happiness advantage is, uh, I've been kind of singing its praises to all and sundry over the last two years actually and that's that um that's sean aker now his surname is a-c-h-o-r is that right yeah yeah yes. that's correct yeah easy yeah. to get that wrong isn't it sean aker a-c-h-o-r okay yeah yeah and to follow on with that actually one that's a lot more kind of marketing orientated is webs of influence by Nasli nahi and essentially this uh, is a book that i kind of read again a couple of years ago mind you but it kind of put a light bulb 
in, in my head. It was definitely a light bulb moment. Yeah. And it's kind of based around web psychology and showing you why we do the things that we do without realizing we do it. So, and it can be the simplicity of why, you know, your call to action is the wrong color, why it's placed in the wrong place. Or, for example, there's a really good uh, A-B test example in there where they have a heat map of an advert with a baby. And the first version, the baby is kind of looking straight forward towards you. So your eyes are naturally gra- gravitate towards the, the baby's eyes. You don't actually realize it's an advert selling nappies. Right Now, in the second one, they kind of turn the baby around so the baby's actually looking towards the call to action. And the mm-hmm. natural movement is you look at the baby's eyes and then you look towards the call to action to see what the baby... Well, you look towards what the baby's looking at, yeah. which is this lovely call to action. And it was just, you know, it's just simple little things that you think, my God, why wasn't I doing that beforehand? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's definitely... I, I can't hit, uh, recommend this anymore, or any more highly, really. Anything on kind of branding, design, call to actions, power of colour, psychology behind what we're doing, um, it's, it's fantastic, really. And it's um, we have a new starter in my team who kind of started a couple of weeks ago. And I bought this for her and said, this is where you should kind of start start your learning here, essentially. Um, so, it's, yeah, buy the, buy the book today. So that's Webs of Influence by Natalie. How do you pronounce the surname again? It's Nahi. So that's N-H, sorry, N-A-H-A-I. So kind of the next one, uh, well, there's two books that kind of go hand in hand with each other. Um, there's Epic Content Marketing by Joe Paluzzi from the Content Marketing Institute yeah. and uh, Jab, 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 Right Hook by Gary Vaynerchuk. So oh, Gary Vaynerchuk. I used to love his wine, wine um yeah, TV, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he's done. He's done a very, very good book on how to write a, a compelling uh, Facebook post, Instagram post, or how, essentially, he can, he's got this book that's kind of it's bag full of good examples of how to do social media, but it's also got loads of examples of the bloody awful. Essentially, for example, there's a Katy Perry campaign with UNICEF, mm-hmm. which um, he kind of details. Uh, why it's it, it's not a good campaign and actually campaign is a very loose term because instead of making it a campaign of photographs with small bite-sized chunks of information they just give you one terrible picture of Katy Perry doing a skip rope and you can't actually tell it's Katy Perry but it's kind of followed on with about 10 paragraphs worth of text which nobody is going to read in their life you know so uh, but the good thing is he kind of juxtaposes that with kind of really nice examples uh, obviously there's the audio dunk in the dark example but also the twix snaps in the woods is it still delicious you know kind of really nice little snappy little pieces like that which yeah. are really good um but the kind of the, the probably the one to read before that would be epic content marketing because this is essentially how to kind of create engaging content and a strategy for that content or strategy how to create that content and it gives you some real real good everyday examples that you can implement um you know no matter what budget you have if you want to spend a lot of money you can spend a lot of money on it but if you want to just implement it today and your budget is scarce it's there's some really good examples in there and a kind of a really good takeaway i've got from that is when they're talking about the length of a blog post Hmm. and uh, what the kind of advice is that a blog post is like a a mini skirt so essentially it has to be short enough to be interesting but long enough to cover the subject <laughs> and uh, it, it's you know obviously mini skirts do tend to stick in my mind every now and again and now this blog sticks there as well so the uh, what both those books talk about is uh, there's no point in having fantastic content if nobody can find that content um, so that's where kind of if you then go into the jab 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 right hook it will kind of 
give you good ideas on how to get those that fantastic epic content that you've just made yeah. in front of the people that you want it to be in front of. Excellent. So that's Epic Content Marketing by Joe Peluzzi, P-E-L-U-Z-Z-I. Yep. And Jab, 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 Right Hook by Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, yeah, that's the two. Yeah. Don't ask me how you spell Vaynerchuk. <laughs> it starts V-A-Y, doesn't it? Yeah, V-A-Y-N-E-R-C-H-U-C-K, I believe. Yeah. No, we, we talked about a learning culture. So, you know, we do find sometimes, don't we, that we're actually encouraged to go to conferences. Yeah, yeah. I mean, conferences are kind of a, a great way to kind of get away from your desk and just kind of, you know, meet people that are kind of doing a similar job to do, to you and, you know, kind of find the good ideas. Um, and at the same time as well, you do hear a lot of really terrible ideas and you can't believe people are calling themselves an entrepreneur and investing their startup in that. But, you know, for every bad idea, there's, you know, there's a good one out there as well that you can find. And kind of the ones that I kind of do recommend is uh, Brighton SEO is a fantastic one, not just because it's just down the road and very easy for me to get to, but, you know, I think it's the biggest free SEO conference in Europe now. Mm, I and think it might be, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's definitely one where you're going to get uh, an amazing array of people talking about content marketing because, you know, when I first started going to Brighton SEO, it was all very SEO, but now essentially it's content marketing, you know, it's all yeah. one and the same with a bit of social media put in. And in those days, uh, I think it's I think it's probably doubled in size since then as well. Yes, but, yes. It's really become the Glasto of SEO conferences yeah. now, hasn't it, Brighton SEO? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just doesn't leave you with a two-week hangover afterwards. But yeah. <laughs> You don't need to take a tent. Yeah. Well, well, you can do, but you know, probably actually, if you took a tent, you'd probably make a few friends. So yeah, maybe take a tent. Um, <laughs> As you camp in pavilion gardens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So another one that I recommend that I go to on a yearly basis is the Next Web, which is in Amsterdam, and as well as being based in Amsterdam and all the delights that go with Amsterdam, especially when if you can kind of take in King's Day um, afterwards, which is uh, essentially a massive street party with a million people dressed in orange, which I highly recommend that you go to at least once in your life mm-hmm. um it's kind of it's full of the kind of leading lights of the internet and tech uh, scene you know it's kind of a lot of people from san francisco will come over silicon valley and uh, berlin that was obviously a very good hub and a lot of people come over because it's only amsterdam it's yeah. not too far away yeah um and you know I, there's never there's not been one time that i've been there that i haven't come through with my kind of evernote account so there hasn't been one time that i haven't come back from the conference with my evernote account just absolutely chock full bursting full to the brim of ideas and yeah yeah, it's definitely one that i kind of highly highly recommend and the thing with conferences as well it's you only need to get one thing from it if you can only take one tidbit of information that you can then build on all well and goods and a very good example of that to kind of pull it back into what we're talking about female marketing is uh, I, I went to a conference about email marketing in London, which was absolutely terrible. And I even complained about it and got my money back afterwards because really? there was nothing of value in there at all. But one person in the audience did mention um, doing responsive design for emails. Um, and it, it, that kind of just resonated. And I kind of thought, well, what can we do with that? Unfortunately, on the day the panel didn't have a clue what they're talking about so they had no advice on you know they never actually heard of responsive design for email so they didn't give anything um that we could take away but it, it was you know just the fact that there was one person there who did know that what responsive design was and then i had that kind of light bulb moment again in my head meant it's it was kind of transformational for the business as well so 
even the worst conferences can uh, give you something that will be um, fantastic for you. Now, I know you're a fan of TED Talks, aren't you? TED Talks are pretty good too, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, this TED Talk, yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite a recent thing for me. Again, as um, I've been a kind of a late adopter to that, but um, it's something I've kind of got into in the last few months. And last week, I kind of had uh, this lovely sinus infection, which meant I was kind of um, laid out for about five days on my sofa. But um, it did mean I can kind of indulge myself in TED Talks and Apple TV for a little bit and. The good thing about that was when I kind of came back to work on Monday, even though I was still feeling terrible, I kind of had a nice amount of ideas from the TED Talks that I can then kind of give to my team and say, kind of, what can we do with this? And at the same time, I kind of, you know, let them watch it beforehand as well. So it's definitely, uh, again, it's that kind of sparking your imagination and trying to get some um, thought-provoking insights into what you can do with your own jobs, which I think TED Talks, as well as conferences, is, is very good at doing. Absolutely. Do you do you think, as I do, that um, actually doing talks yourself is a good way of consolidating your own knowledge and helping yourself to grow? Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Um, it's kind of it's this is kind of a process that I'm going through myself because you know I've been to kind of a lot of conferences and we I think we all suffer from that thing of um, I've, well I can do that. Um, so, but again, it's 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 quite a disciplined process that you kind of have to go through and you don't realise the amount of work that goes into a talk to make a talk. Uh, good in the first place you know um you know if something looks nice and slick for 20 minutes you don't always realize the hours of work that's kind of gone into making those 20 minutes as slick a process as what it what it is you know um but then again you do get these annoying people that just pack full charisma and they can walk on stage without any notes and uh, crack on with it so hopefully one of those uh, one of these days i will be that person so, Steve, thanks for talking to us. It's a fascinating subject, this whole area of you know, self-realisation and the digital skills gap, which maybe isn't such a gap because it's a constantly evolving area that we need to learn in. Um, let's, uh, let's get three quick tips on how people, uh, sort of what, what people can do today to start their learning paths. Yeah, 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 no problem. Um, so, okay, three tips I would say. Um, the first one, definitely kind of learn every day. Uh, definitely every day is a school day. Uh, number two, definitely immerse yourself in digital marketing. If you want to make something your career, you know, you kind of need to make it your career and kind of make it your life as well in many ways, but, you know, still have that work-life balance. And thirdly, um, with my learn people hat on, is definitely certify your skills. It's essentially uh, kind of a smart cut to getting to you to the point where you kind of really need to be. And it's a kind of ratified way of being able to show to employers that you have the skills that uh, that's needed in today's modern uh, workplace. Mm. Yeah. And at the learning people, the digital marketing uh, courses that we kind of have and offer are for kind of all levels of expertise. Mm. Um, the kind of the new girl, Nell, who's joined our uh, marketing team a couple of weeks ago, she's kind of working on the diploma. And um, I've, I've actually taken a master's because it's okay. kind of, it's good for people like myself who, you know, it's kind of fumbled their way into marketing through kind of doing the kind of the record label side of things and the club promotion. But, yeah. you know, you kind of you have those skills, but you don't really um, you don't. Well, you have nothing on your CV to say you've got those skills. Being able to get some certifications behind you can prove to future employers that you have those skills and you're competent at doing your job. Fantastic. Well, Steve, thanks so much. Where do people need to look if they want to find out more about you and more about learning people? Yeah, sure. Well, if they want to find more about the learning people, uh, just log on to learningpeople.co.uk. And if you want to connect with myself, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Steve Linney and Instagram as well, uh, Steve Linney also. 
Thank you very much, Steve Vinny. So that's it. And that's it, everyone. Thanks for listening. The show notes, as usual, can be found at sitevisibility.com slash podcast. Uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. We do like reviews as well. So if you want to leave, um, you know, uh, hopefully a pos- positive review, uh, please do so, because that makes us feel really nice. And um, the two ways of getting hold of us, podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk is the email. If you want to leave a question or a message in an audio fashion, phone this number, plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero, And a very nice sounding voice at the other end will instruct you on how to leave a message. If you want to get hold of me on Twitter, I'm Dr. Pod. So that's doctor spelled out fully, D-O-C-T-O-R-P-O-D. I thought I'd just drop that in because somebody on Twitter, after six years of the show, said, oh, right, so Dr. Pod is the guy that does the internet marketing podcast. They didn't realise. Anyway, thanks again to Steve. So it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Steve. Yep, thank you. Thank you very much. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Internet Marketing.